Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show. I guess uh, Joe Biden is going to come back today or make an announcement today during his three-week vacation that he's going to uh, pay off student debt to uh, hundreds of thousands of people who paid for uh, their education and uh, signed a contract to pay for their education and uh, decided to renege on it. And uh, Joe Biden is attempting to buy votes. And and nothing against you people who still owe money on your student loans. Um, But you know what? Tough, you know what? Uh, You signed the paper. Uh, And and honestly, I got to tell you, this is cynical, this is awful, and it benefits the uh, privileged, as with so many things in this country, this move toward green energy, where the the energy secretary actually says that you're better off if you spend $100,000 on new windows, on the solar panels and a new car, an electric car, when none of those things... The middle class, a lot of people in the middle class with inflation and whatnot, and certainly the lower middle class and the poor could never dream of affording. This is how out of touch they are. But this jerkweed in the White House is going to do this because he thinks it's going to buy votes. And I, got an, I know a lot of people, particularly my family, who don't have college degrees. And they work their butts off. They chose either not to go to college or they couldn't afford to go to college. And those are the ones who are going to be shouldering this nonsense. I'll just say that all this is is a giant payoff to higher education, which is in the pants of the Democrat Party. This gives no incentive for universities to slow their rate of tuition and fee inflation that is through the ceiling. There will be no reform of the bloated entitlement programs on college campuses everywhere. Tenured professors who can sit on their butts and teach bullcrap that your child will never need in the real world. And then they graduate with a worthless degree. And now you and I are going to have to pay for that worthless friggin' degree. Joe Biden is expected with executive decree to cancel $10,000 in federal student loans for all borrowers making less than $125,000 a year. I don't know about you, but particularly if you're a single person, $125,000 a year puts you in that way, way, way up there in the earning category. Like top 5%, top 7%, wouldn't you say? $125,000 a year. Dear God in heaven, unbelievable. A plan that experts, including prominent Democrat economists, argue will make inflation worse, disproportionately benefit wealthy Americans, cost taxpayers hundreds of billions of dollars. Here's a CNBC saying the same thing. Provided I can get it to play. Hold on one second. Here is uh, yeah, CNBC saying the same thing. But a new... CNBC poll finds that many worry that canceling student debt could have some unintended consequences. A majority of Americans, 59 percent, are concerned loan forgiveness will make inflation worse. That's according 59 percent alongside the 71 percent of Americans who say that the Inflation Reduction Act will not reduce inflation. It'll make it worse to a new survey by CNBC and Momentum. The concern is that borrowers would have more money to spend, driving up demand, driving up inflation. We have got to either 
make this man such a lame duck that he can't do anything, remove him from office through impeachment or the 25th Amendment. That's what's going to have to happen. The revolution has been declared. It's on you by the left. And they are fighting what they consider to be an existential war because they are throwing everything at the wall. The dreams of the last 50 years of academia, the Democrat Party, Barack Obama. They are trying to make them come to fruition, and the American people are rejecting them wholly. And so they're using force. And so they're doing things like passing legislation with reconciliation against the will of the American people. With a name on the bill, it has nothing to do with the bill. This is Stalinistic, this is Marxism, and this has to be defeated. It also really pisses me off. Biden's announcement expected to take place today, include a short-term extension of the pause on federal student loan interest. Uh, You know what? Pay your damn loans. Pay your damn loans. Get back on your payment. I didn't miss a damn payment during COVID. You don't have to either. This is nonsense. Grow the hell up. Put your big girl panties on. Or if you're, you know, when, uh, you know somebody who uh, identifies the opposite sex, your big boy panties, whatever works. But grow the hell up. This all was supposed to provide relief amid the economic fallout caused by the government during COVID-19. The freeze is expected to uh, expire on August the 31st, which is before the election, which, of course, means that it'll, it'll try to, uh, they'll try to, uh, you know, extend it a little bit further. This as this is happening, and this as the President of the United States is experiencing some of the, uh, some of the worst approval ratings that you could possibly imagine for good reason. Here is the position of the president right now. The question we're always looking at here in midterm election years, the president's job approval rating, and you see Joe Biden in our new poll, 42% approved, 55 disapproved. It's been a few months since the last NBC poll back. So the left is going to use him in every way, shape, or form through executive order or reconciliation, everything they can possibly do before November when their dreams end. In May... And the change since then, really no change. Biden's approval rating exactly the same in our poll toward the end of the summer as it was as the summer was beginning. And the key to this, of course, obviously, there usually historically has been a pretty strong link between a president's job approval rating and how his party does. He's a joke. During midterm elections, the only two times in modern history that a White House party has actually picked up seats in midterm elections it was Bill Clinton in 98. It was George W. Bush in 92. Their approval ratings were both well above 60 percent. Biden's, you see, sitting in that zone where presidents and their parties typically have lost seats. So they're going to do everything they can to buy votes. This is the latest scheme. Combined, these policies would consume nearly 10 years of deficit reduction from the Inflation Reduction Act. I don't know if you knew that. Extending the pause to the end of the year would cost an additional $20 billion. Meanwhile, the committee has calculated, this of course being the uh, responsible federal committee for a federal, a responsible federal budget, which, you know, might as well not even exist. 
They're saying that uh, uh, the the canceling $10,000 of student debt loan for households making less than $125,000 or individuals. Uh, oh, no, it says here, make it, households making less than $300,000. There's another insult to your injury. I don't know about you, but my household makes less than $300,000 a year. Or individuals making less than $125,000 would roughly cost $230 billion. Again, combined, these policies would consume nearly 10 years of the supposed deficit reduction from the Inflation Reduction Act. So the Inflation Reduction Act is exposed as even more of a scam. University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School, meanwhile, determined in a new study that a one-time maximum debt forgiveness payment of $10,000 per borrower will cost around $300 billion for borrowers with incomes less than $125,000. That's you and me increasing the maximum amount forgiven to $50,000 per borrower, a proposed uh, supported by many progressives, increases the total cost to as much as $980 billion. Pay your own damned student loan. And I would encourage you, if you have a kid in college, to say um, you need to consider your direction in college, how useful that major is going to be to uh, making your way in life and making a living, and uh, I'm not going to pay for it. There you go. You want to go to college? I'll help you in whatever I can, but I'm not going to write a check, pin you a check to go get a, a lesbian Elizabethan poetry major that will mean precisely D-word when you graduate. My son just graduated. Uh, he has a business degree. He landed a gig. You want to know why he, he landed a gig? Because he worked his arse off in school. He was an honor student. He was top of his class. He owned it. He owned it. He was a T.A., He's got a business degree. He's going to go for his uh, master's in accounting. He's making money. He took out a lot of student loans. I don't want Joe Biden to write him a check for $10,000. That's his responsibility. He's 22 years old. He can do with it what he wants. But we shouldn't have to pay for it. Absolutely ridiculous. Record high gas prices, the economic recession, and soaring crime are the top three issues for voters heading into the November midterm elections, according to Rasmussen. Is there anything in there about uh, increasing the size of the IRS and the EPA, quadrupling the size of the EPA budget, doubling the size of the IRS? Is there anything in there about that? Is there anything in there about green energy nonsense? Is there anything out there about open borders? Is there anything in there about paying off student debt for America's elite? 92% of Americans are concerned about gas prices. 68% very concerned. If you're concerned about gas prices, it means that you can't afford to fill your tank. But they still want you to pay some kid their worthless degree loan payment. 91% are concerned about President Joe Biden's economic recession. 66 are very concerned. 86% are concerned about violent crime. Where in the hell in this bill, in this executive order that Joe Biden is about to sign, where does that address violent crime? Where was that addressed in the stupid Inflation Reduction Act?
Where was any of this? Where was any of this in the Inflation Reduction Act? You're being ruled against your will. The founders had two words for it. Those words are abuses and usurpations. And they could be no more clear than they are at this point in history, this moment that we are witnessing. But we still have the power to say no. I've got more on this than we're going to get into uh, oh, Anthony Fauci, the raid on Mar-a-Lago. We'll do the raid on Mar-a-Lago uh, uh, next. I've got some great stuff with regard to that. Uh, this is a Wednesday edition of the Rob Carson Show. the mainstream media, big social media, and the Democrat Party say you spread disinformation, it means you know the truth. The important is you said the truth. It's the Rob Carson Show. Let me ask you this question. What would you rather have in, uh, in office representing you? A, a successful physician who parlayed his uh, knowledge and ability as a uh, as a uh, physician into a uh, uh, into essentially a uh, lifestyle uh, expert, uh, nationally renowned advice giver and whatnot. That would be Mehmet Oz. I'm not a big fan of Mehmet Oz. I, I met him actually at the uh, Newsmax Christmas party in December, and and generally I'm not too taken aback by celebrity. So I walked up to him and I said, uh, I said, "Hi, uh, doctor. My name's Rob Carson." Uh, and he goes, "Oh yeah, I've seen you on." And I said, hey, could you do me a favor? And he goes, yeah. And I said, what? And I, I lift, I moved my collar away from my neck. And I said, could you look at this real quick? And it was a joke about him being a physician. And you know what he did? He played along. He said, oh, yeah, let me look. Her. Oh, yeah. you know, he said, it wouldn't worry about it. Uh, you know, you might want to consider a prescription. It was a joke. It was a joke. Uh, Donald Trump I- endorses him, I think, for a number of reasons. A, he's, uh, he's a friend of Donald Trump. And B, uh, Donald Trump generally doesn't blithely endorse people unless they're down with his uh, his ideology and his uh, his platform, his strategy. Uh, so that's why he endorses uh, uh, Mehmet Oz above the other candidates. Mehmet Oz the other day made a, a comment. He was in a grocery store and he mentioned the word crudite. And everybody's, oh, yeah, crudite, man. Hey, man, that crudite, he's so out of touch with America. You know, nobody knows what the hell he's talking about. Meanwhile, a Nancy Pelosi can eat uh, $12 a pint ice cream out of a $24,000 freezer. And Democrats don't give it uh, any any kind of uh, uh, thought, second thought at all. Uh, you know, our president partied for a week, first week of his vacation, in a $20 million house owned by a donor. I've never been in a $20 million house, except for the Biltmore. I went to the Biltmore. It's a museum now. But I've never been in a $20 million house, let alone stayed in one free Maybe some of you have worked in one, housekeeping, landscaping, maybe, you know, lined somebody's pool. But because uh, Mehmet Oz used crudite in a, in a, in a, I'm not saying he's completely, certainly he would walk into a Dollar General, he'd stick out like a sore thumb. But remember, he's also a lifestyle expert on national television for 20 years. He's part of the Good Morning America crowd. And he went at, and he looked at it and he goes, nah, you know what, I'm not part of that anymore. A lot of people make uh, uh, major switches in their lives as far as, as uh, their way of thinking with regard to some things. Uh, sometimes it's not the same as what you thought in college. I'll admit something, and I hate to tell you this. First time I could vote legally, I, I voted for Mike Dukakis. I know, I know, I know. I've been living with it for 30 freaking 
plus years. But you grow up. John Fetterman hasn't grown up. John Fetterman is a uh, an oaf. He looks a lot like Shrek, to be quite honest. Just had a stroke. Just had a stroke. So he has some brain damage. He can't speak. He's only appeared on the campaign trail now 13 minutes. So he's campaigning from his basement. Where have we, where have we heard this before? He's also a rabid, rabid socialist slash Marxist. He has literally said what Bernie Sanders wants to do for America, I want to do for Pennsylvania. Here he is yesterday, his first appearance on the stump in weeks, if not months, and he could barely put together a thought. I'm honored to be standing in the shadow of your your amazing building. Your amazing building. Do you think of the 10 homes Dr. Oz have? has a union hall across their home. The 10 homes that Dr. Oz worked very hard to uh, to uh, purchase. Uh, you know, I, I, would I like to have 10 homes? Oh, hell no. Uh, I would not want 10 homes. But he has 10, maybe he has five homes. D- Joe Manchin, or I should say uh, Joe Biden has three. Worth in excess of uh, $10 million. Barack Obama's never invented something, never brought anything to market. He's got two homes worth about $30 million on the, on the sh- uh, seashore in Martha's Vineyard, a 99% white area, and in Hawaii. Is he saying anything about that? If you say you think the word of steel worker, what words come to your mind if you say steel workers? Of all the words that bring to your mind when you hear the word steel workers... Does the word crudite come to your mind? Oh, crudite, that'll get you into office. That's not a word that's going to come to my mind. Crudite. Yeah, not a word that will come to your mind when it's just broken. This is where he starts to slip. Listen. Is wrong with the- I'm not making fun of this, by the way. This is deadly serious. Demanding for an easy, safe kind of their income. This is one simple and one simple truth. If you send me to Washington, D.C., and there's going to be choices in front of me as the next senator, and it's going to be, it's going to be what? Are you going to stand with the union way of life, or are you going to stand with trying to destroy? Boy, this is so 1943. The union way of life. The union way of life, which of course means, uh, uh, you know, self-serving, and uh, and all of your uh, your donations go to supporting Democrat candidates, the old school. And I would venture to say that Democrats have been more to destroy steel workers' lives, certainly oil workers' lives, than the Republicans ever even dreamed of. And uh, and honestly, when you consider that speech yesterday, and consider who we have in the White House, the best way to get something done, if you if it holds near and dear to you, that you uh, um, like to be anyway yeah unbelievable uh we've got to sweep them all out big time coming up chad robichaud he's a combat veteran founder of the mighty oaks foundation gonna be talking about uh, afghanistan being more dangerous now than ever an inside report coming up don't go anywhere
It is Rob Carson Show, a Wednesday edition. As we go to the Newsmax Hotline, Chad Robichaux is a combat veteran, and he uh, joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. He has uh, written this book, Saving Aziz, How the Mission to Help One Became a Calling to Rescue Thousands from the Taliban. Uh, Chad, welcome to the show, man. Glad to have you on. Uh, thanks for having me on. Hey, man, let me ask you this. Uh, first and foremost, um, we all know the anniversary of the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan happened uh, while Joe Biden is on vacation. He conveniently left town uh, during a, a national crisis and uh, a raid on Mar-a-Lago and uh, erasing student loan debt and passing the Inflation Reduction Act. And, of course, uh, not showing his face during uh, the anniversary of the one-year uh, Afghanistan withdrawal. Uh, tell me about your experience in Afghanistan for the those who don't know your resume and uh, what you thought about the withdrawal uh, that uh, Joe Biden made us do. Well, but my you know, experience in Afghanistan it goes all the way back to you know 9/11 when uh, I was a force recon marine. I ended up uh, getting assigned to a JSOC task force, a Joint Special Operations Command task force, and subsequently did eight deployments to Afghanistan, uh, all in one one uh, continued operation. Uh, during those eight deployments, uh, we focused on uh, capturing and killing the worst terrorists out there in Afghanistan. And, uh, and uh, my main teammate ended up being a man named Aziz, who's an Afghan national, who was part of the part of the interpreters that we had there for 20 years and made the interpreters that, you know, fought alongside of us. But Aziz became not only my interpreter, but my teammate. And he and I worked independently, the two of us, you know, through the mountains of Afghanistan or, or uh, the borders of Pakistan. And, uh, you know, he saved my life numerous times i'd say wow. probably every day you know don't don't eat that don't touch that don't talk to this person don't uh don't you know step there wow. uh but he's lived, tangibly saved my life on three occasions i seen him to save the lives of so many other uh you know members of our task force and and, and service members and just an incredible human being an incredible man and uh even when we went out operating uh when we were i didn't go back on base and he went home i actually lived in his home so got to see uh, his his two first two kids be born and uh so we were very close and over the years, we stayed close. Uh, about six years ago, we started you – know, seven years ago now, but we started this SIV process, which is a special immigrant visa process, which is a promise that we made to all of our interpreters in 2009 that we would give them a nine-month process uh, after their contractual service to America and get them uh, them and their families uh, safe in the United States because of their service to us and the threat that they would be under for that service. It, uh, someone like Aziz, who had so much experience working in special operations for over a decade – Six years in the process uh, proved to me that it was a broken system and uh, in, in our immigration process for these amazing uh, men and women that served with us was, was definitely broken and they were in jeopardy. Uh, when, uh, when President Biden announced the withdrawal, uh, I knew, I think every veteran familiar with Afghanistan knew that this was going to be a disaster. Uh, and, uh, and I knew I had to get my friend uh, Aziz, his wife and his six children out of Afghanistan. Wow. And so I made a decision to uh, to put a team together of about 12 people to go get Aziz. And uh, and as we started putting that together, the we saw the evacuation deteriorating. We saw uh, the Taliban taking over different provinces, and we knew the clock was ticking to get Aziz out. As we sped things up in August, uh, we looked at the situation in totality and seen that other people besides Aziz and his family would be in danger. And we decided to expand our efforts and, uh, and get as many Americans – interpreters, their families, women, children that would be vulnerable, Christians that would be vulnerable and persecuted for their faith out of Afghanistan. Uh, some pretty divine and miraculous things came together to orchestrate the events, but we were able to get 
uh, our team onto the airport uh, through permission to get onto the airport of Kabul. Uh, we were able to relate, uh, broker a relationship with the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, the country, and their royal family gave us C-17 planes, uh, access wow. to put people in the humanitarian center. Uh, Glenn Beck at Mercury One was yeah. raising money, uh, my, my ministry at Mighty Oaks, and uh, the Independence Fund came together to build this organization to save our allies. All that happened in days. Wow. And, uh, and while we were at the airport, we were able to go outside the wire and rescue 12,000 people, not wow. just season his family. And uh, we, we, when the airport fell, we decided to stay because we knew there were still Americans there. The White House said 100. I would have said thousands. It didn't matter if there was one. We knew we had to stay. Uh, thousands of our interpreters were still there. And we uh, stayed, got another 5,000 out. So we got 17,000 out. Uh, and then we uh, totaled uh, – that was the total amount we evacuated. And then uh, we also went into Tajikistan and literally for 10 days built routes out across swimming. Two of us, myself and a teammate, wow. were you know, swimming in Afghanistan every night, build routes out for people trying to evacuate on foot across the border. Buddy, I'm going to tell um, you, you are, you're a modern-day Oscar Schindler. I, and I don't use that lightly. That's, that's remarkable. What sort of headwinds have you faced from the American government and Joe Biden's administration trying to get people out? And how many people are left? Well, and, uh, I mean, there's a lot of people left. Uh, I think the, the biggest thing we dealt with was the State Department not wanting to do their part uh, of one, keeping this SIV agreement. Uh, and then, you know, covering up information, lying to the American public. Uh, about how, what the situation really is, you know, brokering a deal with a terrorist organization and, and treating them as a country. Uh, there's been so many things, but I think the biggest thing right now is just not keeping the uh, not keeping their word to the Afghan people, uh, the, the, especially the, our interpreters. We have uh, – in July 18th, the State Department announced that 74,242 of our interpreters still in Afghanistan. Uh, if you average about three and a half family members per, uh, per interpreter that's entitled to come here, uh, they, we're talking 330,000 people, and uh, they're moving people at a rate of about 200 a week, wow. which would take, at their time frame, sounds like a lot, but at their time frame, that would take 140 years. Uh, so they're not solving the problem. There's, 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 uh, there's thousands of people, even the ones that we got out, that are still at humanitarian centers like Abu Dhabi that they're refusing to help with. Um, and uh, they, you know, this administration has turned it back on the, the well, Afghans that fought alongside of us for 20 years. Let me in let me addition, ask you this. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Finish your Americans. Yeah. I'll say just in addition to, to Americans, there's still Americans there. We know they're there. That uh, the, they just want to sweep under the rug, and you know, it's it's atrocious. We're talking to uh, Chad Robichaud, who is a combat veteran, has written this uh, this book, uh, Saving Aziz. Um, let me let me ask you this: as someone who. Um, I, I know probably saw uh, friends die or, or end up uh, profoundly injured, whether that be mentally or physically. Um, if you could summarize what it felt like to have the president of the United States close down Bagram Air Force Base and leave $85 billion worth of military hardware uh, to a terrorist uh, organization after 20-plus uh, years of blood and sweat and tears uh, and treasure, uh, wh wh how do you feel about that? Well, I think there was, there was two feelings. One was a, a, a feeling of disgust because of, uh, you know, I, I have buried 15 friends from my time there and who believed in the cause of fighting for freedom and for keeping the world a safe place, keeping America a safe place. 
and keeping terrorists not being in Afghanistan. But then uh, there was also this sense of betrayal by, by our government. And I never felt – I'm a very patriotic human being. I never felt uh, that I would ever be embarrassed for our country. But I found myself in a, in the United Arab Emirates standing in a, in a room full of uh, UAE generals and lawyers and, and having to apologize for my country uh, because wow. of, of doing such a thing. And uh, But, uh, you know, while I – while I uh, felt that way, I also had never been more proud of Americans because it was Americans who came together to go solve the problem in a volunteer capacity. And, you know, uh, you can never take anything away from our service members who were doing – working with the parameters that our administration put on them. But when I say it's a sense of betrayal, look, uh, we, everybody keeps uh, suggesting that it was, a, it was a bad withdrawal, that maybe uh, we were in a 20-year war. We had to get out of it. Uh, these are all just lies that I think we've been told so much that we've been conditioned to believe to think that we had to leave Afghanistan. We didn't have to leave Afghanistan. Afghanistan was not a place that the U.S. United States military was still engaged in a war with the Taliban. That had been over for two, three years. As soon as pre- when President Trump dropped that mob on that Taliban, yeah, uh, yeah, out. Look, the, uh, we had 2,500 troops at the time of the withdrawal. We had 4,000 troops there. Uh, we still have 80,000 in Japan since World War II and, yeah. and, uh, and, and 30,000 in Germany and 40,000 in South Korea. Uh, we, we have troops all over the world. Why did we need to take this 4,000 troops out of Afghanistan? It was an international hub on the most strategic location in the world between Iraq, Iran, Russia, and China that we had control of, the world had control of. It wasn't ours to give away. I mean other countries around the world were not even part of this negotiation and we just the only person the United States was negotiating with was the Taliban, not even the Afghan government. And we gave that base over to our enemies, uh, the most strategic place in the world. And we didn't have to leave. Uh, it was a lie to say that we had to leave at any point. We should still be there. Uh, and I'm not saying that as a, someone who's like believes that we should be engaged in all the world's problems, but it keeps our problems in Afghanistan. It keeps our problems in the mountains of Afghanistan where the Taliban belong. Not uh, making Afghanistan a safe harbor for terrorism, yeah. where Al Zahiri is walking around freely in Kabul and Al Qaeda is walking around freely, uh, and there's no eyes and ears there to know uh, when the world's in danger. Now, Chad, uh, I, I, is- I, I want to ask you a question. I, I've got a nephew who I haven't talked to in a couple of years. Um, he's an Afghan veteran. He's now 32, 33 years old, um, and uh, I didn't know him most of his life because I was estranged from my brother. Uh, got to know him at age 16. He went off to war. That's the last time I saw him for years. And then he comes back. I meet him again in Kansas City, and he's uh, experiencing PTSD. Uh, he he is a different person. Uh, how do you how do you deal with the grief, the rage that you feel? Because I mean, a lot of people would say they would lash out in some way, shape, or form. They would be depressed about how do you how do you deal with this, sir? Because I can't even imagine, Chad. I ain't been I've been I've been through some stuff, but I've been not, through nothing you've been through, brother. How do you deal well, with it? Well, when I came home from my eighth and last deployment from Afghanistan, I dealt with those same things your nephews deal with: the debilitating panic attacks, anger, frustration. And I went into about a three-year downward spiral that almost ended with a divorce of my family and uh, and me attempting to take my life. Uh, so, you know, luckily, uh, uh, some amazing people came around me, uh, my wife and, uh, and friends and, uh, and, and helped me move forward. You know, I've been married 27 years now and, and now oh, I get wow. to help so many thousands of other veterans, but it started with, uh, me being mentored and, and really led, uh, of all the things I went through and I tried everything. I tried the medication, the counseling, all these different programs, but ultimately for me, it was a restoration of my faith, uh, became a Christian, uh, yes, and really aligned my life to the life that I believe, you know, I was created to live and understood, uh, 
you know, how I could use this to help other people and other veterans doing with the same thing. And, and that manifested me starting a foundation uh, 12 years ago called Mighty Oaks Foundation, where we've been able to serve uh, over 300,000 active duty and veteran uh, warriors and hey, veterans. Hey, Chad, can, 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 we, can we hold on a second? Because I want to I want to respect sure. you, give you the time to talk here, because I, I, I think this conversation is important. Uh, I think what you're doing is important, and I, and I want to share more. Uh, so can, if you could hold on a second, I want to take a break and come Absolutely. back. All right, buddy, let's, uh, let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show back in a second. It's time to make common sense common again. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show. We've got uh, a special guest on the phone. It's uh, Chad Robichaud. He uh, served, uh, what, eight tours in Afghanistan, Chad? Yes, sir. And he's got this book. Com- it's coming out in uh, in January. It's interesting. It's called Saving Aziz, How the Mission to Help One, His Friend Aziz, uh, Become a Calling to Rescue Thousands from the Taliban. Uh, you say the book's not going to be out until January because, what, the Defense Department's sitting on it? They didn't want to release it before the midterms? I- I'm not <laughs> may- maybe, maybe, who knows? Uh, what's going on with that? Yeah, well, we, we do have their uh, redacted manuscript back from the DOD, but it took wow. about five months to get it. No kidding. Uh, we were planning on releasing the book in October before the midterms, and now, you know, I think they successfully <laughs> kept it kept it uh, yeah. to be released after. So yeah. January seventeenth is the release date, yeah. and we talk about you know saving Aziz, but as well and our relationship with Aziz. Yeah. But what the withdrawal look like uh, from a ground level? And uh, in what it look like to, for us to get 17,000 people out. Ukraine. You were just in Ukraine. You mentioned to me off the air. Uh, so what's happening? We just sent like $50 billion to Ukraine. You had mentioned it doesn't look like it's getting to the front lines, which is not a big surprise to me. No. What's going on over there, man? Well, I mean, uh, you know, I've been in Ukraine. Uh, I think I did seven trips now since since February. Uh, we wow. originally started with you know helping helping rescue people, get them out. Now we've shifted to you know, Mighty Oaks Foundation, our spiritual resiliency program, of taking combat veterans, going to the front lines, uh, bringing mental and spiritual resiliency concepts to the front line people, and, and help make sure they're in the right headspace to do the job they're doing, defending their country and their families. And uh, and they'll be in the front lines. Uh, last last week I was there, and we spent ten days in. Russian occupied red zones with six different units, uh, speaking to them, giving them resources, supplies. And, uh, and I can tell you that, you know, these guys that are very frontline troops, they're not seeing the support, uh, you know, certainly not seeing $60 billion of support. I mean, there's people out there, they're asking us for med kits. They're asking us for tourniquets. They're asking us for, uh, any kind of training they could get. And, and uh, so they're not getting the resources. Well, Chad, Chad, what I've said from the get-go is that I think this is a giant money laundering program. Uh, Ukraine has been known for uh, many, many, many years as a completely corrupt, uh, uh, a corrupt uh, government that, that where uh, the nation's um, oligarch or the world's oligarchs go to launder their money. Uh, and and I, I have a sneaking suspension this is the case, as we've seen Nancy Pelosi going over there for no reason at all. I, I like to say to her all she needed to do was call them, give them her routing number and account number, and she can get the money that way. Uh, but you're saying that all of this money uh, is is not. Do you suppose it's enriching those in power? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Ukraine is known for corruption for a long time, but you know, where else is also known for corruption is Washington D.C. Oh yeah, and so yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the conduit between the two of those, those, uh, you know, the people in those locations uh, you know, having access to sixty billion dollars, and the problem is that 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 money. 
uh, is there's no accountability over it. There's no uh, there's no congressional oversight. There's no uh, oversight whatsoever. So that money's going to Ukraine with no oversight of where it goes. You know, normally when the United States gives money to foreign nations, there's some kind of oversight committee. Uh, there is none with this, and that's the biggest thing. Uh, uh, there's been a few con- Congress members, and I won't say their names, that we've escorted into the country uh, to look at uh, off the books, go look at what's happening, and, and really to show that this is. You know, there's there's actually money's not going where it's supposed to be going, and uh, so I think anytime you give that much money, I mean, with without uh, just as a business person, right? Anybody's business, you would never, you know, give a million dollars to someone with no oversight, yeah. uh, much less yeah. sixty billion dollars. Yeah. Uh, so that's what we're seeing here. Yeah, Chad. Let me let me ask you this: We're talking to Chad Robichaud. He's uh, uh, written this great book. It's coming on January, Saving of Z's. Also, the founder of the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Maybe you've heard about him rescuing people from behind the enemy lines in uh, Afghanistan that uh, Joe Biden turned over. Um, we got about a minute here. Uh, if you could offer, because you've been through hell and back, you attempted to suicide. You almost had your your marriage uh, ruined. I've been through the same thing outside of combat, by the way. Never attempted suicide. Did think at one point that my life insurance was more valuable to my family than me. If you could offer, uh, just give me about a, a minute to those who are suffering, those who are at a low point after Afghanistan and the withdrawal, because I know that it wrecked about 70% of veterans as far as yes. uh, if you could offer some advice to them about how you've crystallized and made your life have purpose, could you offer them some advice right now? Yeah, I think I think one for anybody, veteran or not, just dealing with depression and you know, it's a tough time in our country right now in our world. Uh, there is hope. There's always hope. Uh, you know, for me, I find my hope, and, uh, and I believe everyone can. We find a relationship with your creator, uh, whether yes, people sir. are believers of faith or not. Uh, we were created, and uh, and you know, when you align your life with the life you were created to live, you'll find hope and purpose again. And yes. uh, that's why I, I found that. that's why I've seen thousands of people uh, find that hope in, in healing, in restoration, and, and purpose moving forward. And yeah. so I would encourage people in that to, to discover that you know for themselves. Uh, I would say that uh, also this that when you're in those dark moments and you you know you, you said you've been there before, yeah. you feel like it's going to be that way forever. Uh, it will not be that way forever, uh, but you have to make steps to move forward. All right, Chad. To, uh, Chad, we we, we got to run, brother. I want to have you on again sometime. <laughs> I want to thank you for your service from the bottom of my heart, and I want to I want to thank you and to say bless you for all of the suffering that you've gone through, brother, because uh, you're an amazing, amazing inspiration to a lot of people. So, uh, books coming out. Where can people go to find you? Where can people go to find uh, this wonderful organization, Mighty Oaks? Uh, MightyOaksPrograms.org is uh is the website for the organization you go to savingaziz.org for the book or any book outlet that's already on pre-sale you can pre-sale right. you can pre-order it now all right brother and, uh i'm on i'm, I'm everywhere everywhere on social media so all right chad thank you brother appreciate it have a glorious day god bless you and uh, we'll talk again soon let's take a break you're listening to the rob carson show Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show. Welcome to it, ladies and gentlemen. It's already uh, Thursday. Already Thursday. I wonder what the uh, the people, the what, the 60, you what, uh, 3% of Americans who don't have a college degree, how they feel about the uh, most privileged among us. Uh, getting their student loans uh, canceled by Joe Biden for votes. Um, I would venture to say that people are a little uh, a little ticked off about it, to be quite honest. And, you know, this is another indignity. Does This is a surprise to anybody. And, you know, I guess the only thing that I can think of uh, with regard to a reaction to this is... Um, 
uh, they don't care. That, that's, that's one thing. And then the other question is, how low will they go? How many more times will they rub your face in their excrement like people used to do with their dogs when they went inside and uh, went on they went on the potty inside? Which, by the way, don't do that. That's just really stupid and awful thing to do. It's really they don't understand it. They just think you're being a jerk. Uh, so don't do that. But that's what Joe Biden is doing. He's he's rubbing your nose in the excrement of the federal government and making you pay for it. That's what this is all about. And I got to tell you, uh, I saw a headline this morning, Democrat civil war over student uh, loans explodes. So let's see the left eat its own. Let's see the left finally realize that they are completely done being the party of the working man. That is over. Or, 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 you know, working woman or transgender man, transgender woman. Maybe it could be a bisexual, transsexual, what the hell ever you are. It doesn't matter. If you didn't go to college, you shouldn't pay for somebody else's college. Biden is blasted as out of touch. Well, no kidding. Unless it involves little girls and, you know, some women. He likes to touch them a lot. Likes to sniff them, too. Out of touch, and he is punishing those without a degree by his own party. That's what they say, his own party says this, and projections say it'll cost Americans half a trillion, maybe up to $980 billion. So somebody can have you pay for their student debt. And honestly, what the hell makes student debt different from any other kind of debt you have to shoulder in your life? It's part of a thing called, uh, I don't know, being responsible. Of course, we've seen the death of responsibility. And I got to tell you also something I've been on for a while, and that is, and, and now I'm really beginning to believe it, because you know, I've got a, a, a good friend who's a college administrator, president of a university, he's a good guy, and, and he's not down with this sort of crap. He's a really good guy. Uh, he just took over a new uh, position uh, after he left my alma mater, which is Northwest Missouri State, which I will never acknowledge again because of what they did to him. But that said, the price of higher education is outrageous, ridiculous, uh, exorbitant. The Democrats never complain about uh, that price when it goes up, when it goes through the ceiling. Why in the hell does this cabal between higher education and the Democrat Party exist? Well, it's because most money that comes from those in higher education, like 97% that goes to uh, political parties, goes to the Democrat Party. Are you just so bloody frickin' sick of this crap? This on the heels of another lie that Joe Biden and the Democrats passed while he was on vacation, the Inflation Reduction Act, which is going to cost, oh, another $780 billion like Barack Obama's failed stimulus package when he was in uh, in office, $787 billion. And then after all is said and done, he goes, well, I guess those, uh, I guess those uh, projects weren't all shovel-ready. When the Democrats say shovel-ready, it means you better have your shovel-ready. Unbelievable. Do you personally, let me ask how many people in the audience make uh, more than $125,000 a year? Individuals. What percentage of people make one hundred and twenty-five? Just your, you yourself. Not all, not very many of you. Maybe 10, maybe 10%. If you're lucky, maybe 10%. What about uh, above 250? 
because you know everybody below one twenty five and everybody below uh, two fifty, you can make two hundred forty nine thousand as a couple, and the government is going to pay off each you and your honey bunches uh, student loans to the tune of ten thousand dollars, be twenty thousand dollars. Oh, and do you know what's going to cost the rest of us? Do you know what's going to cost the rest of us? Do you have any idea? Now I, I don't know if you know the inflation caused by the rapid spending, the rampant out of control spending. And I'm going to hold Donald Trump to uh, to the fire too, because uh, the deficit, the debt, I should say, went through the ceiling during his administration too. It was the only thing he really wasn't a hawk on. But now, on top of this inflation that is costing a family of four in America six thousand seven hundred dollars a year, another two thousand dollars a year to you and me. In a time where we're questioning whether we can fill the car with gas, when we're looking at our utility bills and going, wow, like my wife, um, honey, our electric bill is now $400. It was 180 last year. Mm-hmm. Gas bill, holy hell, what the hell? What, what, what? Unbelievable. This is the latest indignity. This is another abuse and usurpation is what it is. Abuses and usurpations. And there's some point when the abuses and usurpations become too much that the people have to do something about it. I'm not talking about a violent overthrow. The FBI is already trying to lure you into that and and go after you like they did the two poor pathetic saps in Michigan. The one guy lived in the basement of a vacuum repair place, didn't even have running water, had to go to a Mexican restaurant to wash his hands. The FBI roped him in. Got him stoned, got him talking about how much he'd like to uh, kidnap Gretchen Whitmer. It was an idea that was planted in his mind by the FBI when he was high and when one of their female agents or at least one of their female affiliates spent a night in a hotel with them. They're guilty. They could spend life behind bars for that. That's a lynching, by the way, in case you wanted to know. A lynching happened in the Old West. It was frontier justice. It happened, and it certainly is a stain on America's history. But it served one purpose, and that was to broadcast fear to the rest of the population. And that's what they did to those two pathetic saps in Michigan. They wanted to broadcast fear to those who are angry, to those who are so upset they want to have someone else in office. Not by kidnapping. No, 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 no. None of that nonsense. None of that violent nonsense. But people who are just sick and damned friggin' tired of people moving to Washington, D.C. and spending their entire lives telling us how to live ours, and while they're doing it, paying off all of their friends, all of their donors, all of their green energy partners, Ukrainian politicians who are the most corrupt in the world, with your money. Isn't that just wonderful? Rubbing your face in it. Rubbing your face in it. Putting their their, uh, heel in the back of your head. They did it with Afghanistan. They did that to our, uh, our uh, Gold Star families and, and uh, those who came back from Afghanistan after many tours of duty, many with uh, life-changing injuries, blindness, missing limbs, missing legs, losing the ability to have children. And then there's the, the wounds you can't see, the, the PTSD that keeps you in this uh, 500-yard stare and causes your life to fall apart, ends marriage, and sometimes even ends life. (laughs) 
But Washington, D.C. marches on, man. They get richer and richer. They never have to cut, do they? They never do. They just take. Because if it is not clear to you by now that you are nothing more than a means of production and taxation to them, then you're a damn fool. And I'm talking Republicans and Democrats. I'm talking about Mitch McConnell and his ilk and Lindsey Graham. Of course I'm talking about Democrats like Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden. I, I, I wanted to do a new intro for the show, and, and I'd like to know what you think of it. And then, then I'm going to get your thoughts on uh, how badly you're being screwed. You didn't even get taken out to dinner. You get a bottle of wine, nothing. No candlelight. Usually you're going to get screwed this much. I mean, you, you, better, you better be wine and nine. None of that. Just get back to work. Shut your mouth and get back to work. And if you want to go to work, take the damn shot we want you to take. And then shut up. The number is 800-922-6680. 800-922-6680. We, the people, are pissed. Left and right. Conservative and Democrat, not leftist. Hell with them. They're the ones who've been calling the shots. They're the ones who got us here. 75% of us think the country's going in the wrong direction. Do you want to write the ship? Do you want to write it with me? Because we can't do this anymore. We can't suffer these abuses and usurpations anymore. And they're going to do everything they can. And, and I mean, we're just seeing the beginning. Before November the 8th, look what they've already done. Raided Mar-a-Lago. Passed the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Now Joe Biden decides he's just going to wave a magic wand and wave $10,000 of student debt to 40 million people for votes. Wow. I mean, wow. I've never seen anything like this in my life. I'm not the oldest person in our audience. I'm not the youngest person in our audience. But I would venture to say we have never seen something like this before. So we have a new intro to the show. I'm going to play it here because I wanted something that would encapsulate how you feel about the direction of the country. And I wanted it to rally us to vote in person in November, not send in a mail-in ballot like they want you to, unless you have to. Make sure that you see the mailman pick it up. Hell, you might even take a picture just to show that you mailed it in. And if you see somebody stuffing an unmanned ballot box, you better videotape who's doing it, and you better follow them, and you better get their license plate number, and you better turn it into your GOP associates and law enforcement. Do not send it to liberal media. They'll probably ignore it. But you got to vote, and you got to pay attention, because we got to take it back. So here's a new intro to the show. I, I didn't want to be too flashy about it or, you know, maybe uh, uh, you know, ac accidentally cause people to drive off the road. But uh, no, actually, here. They called us deplorables. They shut down our country. Hell, we ain't gonna take it. They say our thoughts are disinformation.
This is our response, The Rob Carson Show. I'm kind of digging it. How about you guys? You kind of digging that? I'm, I'm digging that. I'm digging that kind of. Kind of gives us an idea how all of us are feeling about these uh, elite. I can't say it on the air. Who live in Washington, D.C. Yeah, I think we done. 800-922-6680. More on this student loan forgiveness BS. Your reaction to it as well. It is a Thursday edition of the Rob Carson Show. Do not go anywhere. care of this i will end this i will make sure we have a plan he got 81 million votes yeah right it's the rob carson show don't worry here is our dimwit dear leader back from his uh, almost three-week vacation to uh, promise you again that what he's doing to the country is actually good by resuming student loan payments at the same time as we provide targeted relief we're taking uh, student loan payments have been due for two years the rest of us had to go back to work i worked through the pandemic didn't miss a damn day I haven't had to pay a damn thing in, for two years, and now the president says, oh, we're going to resume, but not until January. In an economically responsible course, as a consequence, about $50 billion a year will start coming back into the, se- the Treasury because of resumption. You, sir, are a lying SOB. The debt. Independent experts agree that these actions taken together will provide real benefits. Who in the hell are the independent experts? I want to know who the independent experts are. Because all your independent experts are full of you know what. For families without meaningful effect on inflation. Unbelievable. Well, you've already had a uh, meaningful effect on inflation. It's at a 40-year high. So what the hell kind of credibility do you, sir, have? I'm going to tell you, this man cannot stay in the White House until 2024. He is going to have to be impeached and removed, or he's going to be... Uh, have to be removed by the 25th Amendment. Here's Liz Warren, who lied her entire academic career to gain some sort of favor by uh, being a member of a uh, underprivileged group. She said she was Native American. She never was. I have more Cherokee in me than she does. And here she is unveiling the real truth about loan forgiveness. It's about votes. I do wonder, is this the thing? I mean, how are you feeling about the chances of the Democrats holding on to the Senate? Is this the thing? I'm liking it. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. And I'll t- wow. What does uh, Liz Warren have to do with you? She's an academic. She's a Harvard academic. She has no clue what you're going through. And here is your uh, education uh, secretary, Cardona, has no idea how much it's going to cost. How much does this cost? You know, the projections are still uh, coming out depending on how many people uh, take advantage of it. Why do we need it? Out of the buy votes, why did it have to happen now? In the height of everything, why didn't you help out families who have to shop at Dollar General right now because they can't afford Walmart? What about that, you jackweed? But let me remind folks. What's the range, Mr. Secretary? What's the, what's the range of possibilities? 
Well, like I said, um, those projections are still coming out based on how many people take advantage of This is the man who literally worked hand-in-hand with the White House and the AG to go after parents who disagreed with radical CRT in schools. But what we're finding is when the loan payments restart, $4 billion a month is going to go back into it because people are going to start paying. Anyone making over $125... Yeah, you you stopped it. So don't give yourself credit for restarting it. ...will resume payment into their loans. And it does offset whatever uh, funds are being placed to help those who are... You are absolutely full of crap. ...most severely in need um, to get on their feet again. Well, okay. It won't offset the total cost of this over over time. I mean, how will this be paid for? Look, the president has been very clear about... Uh, reducing the deficit and okay now here was the question go ahead time and how will this be paid for look the president has been very clear about uh, reducing the deficit and there are projections not just from our department but Moody's for example are saying that whatever funds go to this loan forgiveness will be offset by the increase in uh, what we're seeing in loan payment restart for those making under over 125,000. So concerns about inflation should really be tampered because it's- Yeah, you know what? Uh, no, concerns about inflation aren't going to be uh, dampered because you've already driven inflation to a 40-year high, you moron. By resuming students- Oh, that's not what I want. You know what I think? I think I need a, I think a little, uh, a musical interlude would be nice, yeah. Jim Gossett, sing to me. I think we need some freedom rock here. How about you kids? When you go to school, it should be a rule. The debt is yours alone. Who wants to change your gender? But not Sleepy Joe. He wants to go and cover all the student loans. He waited to do it, and then he said, screw it, and threw the left of major bone. That's what it is. They say it's not enough, and they're going to hang tough on the cover of the student loans. Student loans. The government allows you to delay it. Now they say you don't have to repay it. Loan. says you're off the hook when it's cover of the student loans. Shift your money. Joe and the left are into massive theft. The cover has been blown. No, it don't make sense to transfer this expense with the cover of a student loan. All right, we'll play that again here in a, sh- a few. We've got some audio from Nancy Pelosi and others as well as the show marches on on this Thursday. This is the Rob Carson Show. Don't go anywhere. You know, it is uh, pretty amazing. Here's what the uh, President of the United States said before his vacation, his three-week vacation. Uh, how was your three-week vacation this week, this summer, by the way? Oh, you, you didn't have a vacation. Okay, uh, you had to have yours canceled because of the gas prices and inflation and all that. Okay, I got you, I got you, I got you. Uh, here's the President uh, a couple weeks ago. Before I begin today, I want to say a word about the news that came out today relative to the economy. Actually, I just want to say a number. 
Zero. That's his IQ. Today, we received news that our economy had 0% inflation. That was a lie. There is no doubt about that. It was an absolute lie. So uh, if you have any question as to whether this is a lie, then you, uh, you clearly don't understand. By resuming student loan payments at the same time as we provide targeted relief, we're taking an economically responsible course. Oh, no, no. No, no. This is the, uh, the opposite of that, actually, and everybody knows it. As a consequence, about $50 billion a year will start coming back into the, se- the Treasury because of... Because you stopped loan payments uh, two years ago, and now you're waiting for to reinstate them until after the election. We get it. Resumption of debt. Independent experts agree that these... Act- yeah, I want to know who the independent experts are, who you paid off. Oh, and here's Nancy Pelosi, by the way. This is just a few weeks ago. Talking about the president can't do something like this. Actually, I think it might have been last year. People think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That would has to be an act of Congress. Now, of course, uh, Nancy's changed her tune because she's an insufferable corruptocrat who uh, according to different reports was worth about 120 million about three years ago now she and her drunk husband worth about 300 million dollars liz cheney when she came to congress was worth six million dollars she was in there what about six years she now worth 37 million dollars barack obama never built anything never brought a product to market never did nothing Somebody even ghost wrote his first autobiography autobiography while he was a state senator in Illinois, like anybody could care less. He's got two homes worth about $30 million, one in Hawaii and one in Martha's Vineyard, which is 99% white. Joe Biden has three or four houses worth in excess of $10 million. And, and his, uh, his uh, Delaware beach cottage is going to get a half a million dollar fence. And you're going to pay for it. Liz Warren's worth a lot of money. Bernie Sanders is a socialist. He's got at least three houses, and he rents out a third. How does that happen? You know, it's, it's almost like we live in an oligarchy, right? It's almost, no, it is. It's exactly like that. Here is uh, Joe Biden being asked, how is this fair to the rest of us who haven't uh, taken out student loans or have already paid ours off? And then, of course, he uh, uttered some nonsense because his brain is made of oatmeal. The president, is this unfair to people who paid their student loans or chose not to take out loans? Is it fair to people who, in fact, uh, do not own multi-billion dollar businesses if she want these guys getting more attention? Is that fair? Is it fair that you, you, you can't uh, open multi-million dollar uh, businesses and not pay the taxes of Buzza? Let's hear him again. I was being a little too clear. Not only multi-billion dollar businesses, if she wants these guys getting more attention, is that fair? What do you think? Yeah, there you go. Made no sense at all, but nothing he does says anything. He's got to go. He's got to to go. After November, he must be impeached and removed. The Democrat Party must be taken down. It will either reinvent itself or it has to go into the dustbin of history. We are sick of the abuses and the usurpations. Here's Katanji 
Or no, it's not Kataji. <laughs> it's Corinne Jean-Pierre. Sorry, these three. Uh, yeah, it was like Billy Ray Cyrus. I messed that one up, too. Anyway, uh, here's Corinne Jean-Pierre with a nonsensical answer to this um, a screwing of the American people. Again, here's what we have done. Here's what here's a lot about how much it might cost, it might not cost. Who is paying for this? What we are saying is the the work that this administration has done. Um, who's paying for it? The work that the Democrats in Congress has done is actually there, and you see that the 1.7 trillion uh, deficit in deficit uh, deduction that you see is is going to benefit. Us. Remember when I told you that the uh, if you think the best and brightest work in the federal government, you'd be wrong. Exhibit A. Us in being able to do something for the middle class, to do something. Yeah, you're doing something to the middle class. Yeah, screwing them to the tune of two thousand dollars a piece for the middle class. This is about doing something for people who make less than one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. One point, which is most of us, seven trillion dollars. That's what we've been. Except for if you didn't go to college and you make less than that. And uh, there's a good chance a very large portion of those people, you're going to end up paying for this, even though you didn't go, even though you got out and you worked your ass off as a landscaper or a house painter or whatever, and you still are, and you drive a beat up old F-150, that's where you put your drywall on it or your sheets of glass that you take to your job site. There you go. Just add another $2,000 to people who have worthless degrees who are working at Starbucks. Able to do. But when you forgive debt. You're not just disappearing debt. So but, who is paying for but, this? And then I'll give you the second part. We lifted the pause, right? We're going to lift the pause uh, at the end of this year. Oh, there you go. You're going to lift the pause on paying your student loans till after the election. I got to tell you. Which is going to matter, right? Which is going to offset uh, a lot of what what we're doing as well. You're a liar. Uh, When you think about the the $4 billion that's going to go back uh, into as as revenue back into. Yeah, $4 billion uh, when they're going to be spending about up to $980 billion in 10 years over this. Uh, This process of folks uh, paying, paying, right? I'd start stocking your freezer because uh, grocery price is about to go through the ceiling. Tuition. That matters as well. So we are doing this in a smart way. We are doing this in a way that's going to be... Now, this may, of course, hamper you guys making $50,000 a year or less from buying the $70,000 electric car we want you to buy. Effective. Uh, we are doing in this a way that keeps to the president's promise on giving people who need some breathing room. Some money from us so they'll vote for us. Somebody who needs some breathing room? I just, I just laid out I just laid out for you. No, no Peter, I just laid out... No, you didn't. How we're seeing this process no, and didn't. why this well, matters. No, you didn't. You filibustered. You made up a bunch of nonsense. Gobbledygook. Again, I just laid out. I just, I just laid out because of the work that we have done in the economy, because of the American. What you, you've laid a big egg in the economy. The egg, the economy is a giant turd right now. Rescue plan, uh, because of. Uh, the Apologize for the language. I'm just a little bit mad. Inflation Reduction Act, and because all of this work that this president has done is actually has brought. When he hasn't been on vacation or to sleep or making poopies in his pants. Down our deficit by $1.7 trillion, unlike what Republicans did oh, wow. when they added to our deficit wow. $2 trillion and did not care at all or thought about how this was going to be paid for. They did not actually put in no, a they're, process they're, or thought. Yeah, you're, the, you're the solution maker here. 
Unbelievable. This is the uh, the AG of the state of Arkansas, Leslie Rutledge, and she says she's going to file suit, and I hope she does, and I hope a bunch of Republican AGs file suit and shut this crap down. I am ready to join with other attorneys general, or if I have to go alone, to take action against President Biden's latest executive order with regard to student loan debt. Well, I just want to make sure that, you know, Americans... I haven't heard anything from Mitch McConnell about this. Understand that this student loan forgiveness, I have plenty of people in my... How about Lindsey Graham and Mitt Romney? ...office in my family who have student loans, but they took out those loans knowingly. There are plenty of jobs out there for these individuals to go get and to be able to pay back a loan. A bank, the last thing a bank wants, Maria, is your house. And so when people go to the bank to borrow money and get that mortgage... They, the bank is responsible, and if they have to, they take back that house. Okay. They don't want your house. They want you to pay it back. So these colleges and universities also need to be on the hook to have responsible plans in place. And they don't. They don't. And they're sitting on $200 billion in endowments while taxpayers are footing the bill for student debt. Yeah. American universities, the, the, just the top ten have endowments worth $209 billion. Harvard, $42 billion. That's $42,000 million, almost as much as we sent to Ukraine. Yale's is $31 billion. You ever been to Yale or Harvard? I haven't had any. I've seen some pictures, I think. Matt Rinaldi of the Texas Republican Party tweeted, but, uh, but Biden will tax truck drivers and plumbers to pay the student loans that built those empires. MIT, $18 billion to $29 billion. University of Pennsylvania, where boys can swim as girls. They got a big old endowment. Texas A&M, Notre Dame. Uh, University of Michigan and Columbia have endowments between uh, $11 billion and $15 billion. That's crazy, isn't it? Isn't that just crazy? And here's, here's Liz Warren a couple years ago being confronted on the campaign trail back in 2020 by a, a, a man who's angry because, uh, you know, he uh, worked real hard so he could put his kids through college and not accrue a bunch of student loan debt, got the kids out, paid for everything, and now he's getting stuck for paying for another kid's uh, education. Yeah. Yeah. Here she comes. I'm having her time. Yep. Here it is. Uh, I just want to ask one question. My daughter's getting out of school. I saved all my money. She doesn't have any student loans. Am I going to get my money back? She said, he said, uh, my daughter went to school. I saved all my money. I worked really hard. Uh, we didn't take out any school loans. When did we get my money back? So you're going to pay for people who didn't she said, of course not. save any money. And those of us that did the right thing get screwed. No, it's not even like that's screwed. Of course we did. My buddy had fun, bought a car, went on vacations. I saved my money. His buddy went on vacations, had a lot of fun. He saved his money. He made more than I did. But I worked. He made more than he did it. And you know what? That's what's happening to you guys. You guys who didn't go to college, you're making under $125,000 a year. You're going to pay for it. A double shift, work extra. My daughter works in this tent. So you're laughing. Yeah, that's exactly what you're doing. We did the right thing and we get screwed. I appreciate it. We need to uh, do more than clean house. We need to go into the house and we need to spray it out with a fire hose. You're saying you want a repeat of January the 6th. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm talking about figuratively. It is time to bulldoze the swamp, pave it over, and start over again. And if people like Mitch McConnell don't want to play along and don't want to hear what the people have to say and don't want to do what the people uh, want, then bye-bye. 
back to Kentucky if they'll have you. And if not, go the hell away. I've got some more audio from, oh, 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 a a CNN financial expert who says that, uh, wow, this is a really bad deal for you and me. That's coming up. Also, Michelle, you hold on. You'll be our first caller coming up next. This is the Rob Carson Show. SS by Tanix set sail on January 20th, 2021. Now she's taking on water in a big way. It's the Rob Carson Show. So Joe Biden says that uh, he is going to ma- wave a magic wand and pay off $10,000 of uh, student loan debt for people making $125,000 a year. Individuals, two fifty dollars for a family. Now, I don't know where you live, but uh, $250,000 for a family is living high on the hog. I mean, phew. Man, look at some salaries here. Let's see, uh, drywall contractor salary. Hold on a second here. In the U.S., uh, about between twenty-six thousand and seventy-eight thousand a year. Uh, median salary of forty-two grand. So yeah, you'll be paying uh, two thousand dollars additionally for student loan bailout for people making up to one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars a year. Uh, landscaper uh, salary in uh, the United States eighteen thousand to fifty-two thousand dollars a year. So uh, average salary is thirty-five. Teachers, teachers here. Let's look at teachers here. Uh, teachers uh, on average in the United States of America can make between uh, twenty-seven and sixty-two thousand dollars a year. Uh, that is a whole lot. And by the way, if you are two teachers living in the same house, you're still not up to that threshold. But, uh, you know, people who are making uh, more than you will get uh, get that money. That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty fair, isn't it? True cost of Biden's uh, student uh, loan ploy. Models uh, predict debt levels all return in just four years, meaning that uh, if you uh, think that $10,000 off your loans will take care of it, uh, no, it's going to return. It'll cost each taxpayer about $2,000. Drive up inflation, cost more than $300 billion, leaves out those who did pay. Between 69 and 73% of the debt forgiven accrues to households in the top 60% of income distribution. I was thinking my nephew. My nephew has a couple different jobs. He, uh, he, uh, he installs uh, uh, watering systems in lawns in the summer, and, and then in the winter he, uh, he has a snow removal uh, team. I'm sure he'll be excited about this because he doesn't make 125 grand. Pell Grant provision forgives up to $20,000 in, uh, in debt. Um, there's a CNN money expert on CNN yesterday talking about uh, what this is all about and, and how awesome and good it is for America. Oh, no, she thinks it's terrible. My concern is that it's not a particularly targeted way to help people who are struggling with student loan debt. And there are people who are struggling with student loan debt. Maybe well, you can maybe get another job like so many people are having to do to pay their bills. You know, how about that? How about two or three jobs like the rest of us are coming out of retirement? They uh, never graduated, for example. So they never got the payoff uh, of their investment where they took out this debt. They never got the degree. They never got the higher income that is supposed to go with. Too them. bad. So sad. You went to school. You signed the papers. Pay your damn bills. Or maybe they got a degree that's worthless. <laughs> well, you think that lesbian poetry is worthless well someday it's got no it'll never be worth anything those are people who i think we definitely should be helping but the way this plan is structured you also uh yes i have a gender study degree and i'd like to work for your company click hello hello get 
uh, student debt forgiveness for households making up to $250,000. <laughs> Not only that, you get <laughs> debt forgiveness for people who just graduated from an MBA program. Finally, lovey, we'll be able to get our pool lined. Program and are about to start their investment banking job. Right? It doesn't account for the fact that what people's income is today is not representative of what their future incomes are. Well, here's a little more. A medical resident looks like they're not making a lot of money today, but their long-term income is quite high. Do we really want to be spending all of this money? You know, I, God bless the work that doctors do, but are they the, the neediest population? Here? Now, I, I actually sold a car to a doctor, and uh, I think he was a cardiologist, and, and he had to go through a lot of school. I mean, he didn't get out to practicing. I think he finished his internship, the whole deal, about 32 years old, and he made about $37,000 a month. And so I think it, it sort of represents a failure of imagination. I remember that. He financed his car. I was like, <laughs> really? What the hell? Oh, man. Think about how you could target those who are affected, and, and there are other things the Biden administration is doing to try to target those people, but this is a very, very, I mean, literally target them. very expensive way uh, to deal with, with a problem that ends up giving a lot of money to people who don't really need it. Uh-huh. And what else does it do? It gets people possibly to vote to, again, for uh, people who are running for office who are in the same camp as the worst president in American history, Joe Biden. You, you, you think it should be addressed, but there was a more creative way to do it? or Yeah, I mean, this is going to cost probably a half trillion dollars. Mm -hmm. And some of that money will go to... Rubbing your face in it. Black borrowers who were defrauded or who make less money. You know? Not really. Black borrowers who were defrauded on their student loans. I think if you got a worthless degree... Pretty much that covers all of us. Oh, because of because all of you. Because of other reasons related to discrimination and everything else. Some of that money oh, will go to wealthy white professionals who uh, took out debt uh, for a degree that pays off that will allow them to be able to repay their their student debt payments. So enjoy your bush light. We'll be drinking champagne. I, you know, I feel like this is sort of a problem with with a lot of. Uh, this is my issue with a lot of progressive policy approaches right now that it's this approach of just sort of like spending a lot of money and hoping some of it ends up in, in the right hands of, of the needy. I've been the lifeboat of the SS Titanic. It's sinking. Goodbye. I don't even care anymore. Let's take a break. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. They called us deplorables. They shut down our country. No, we ain't gonna take it. They say our thoughts are disinformation. is our response the rob carson show that is the new intro to the show folks i don't know about you but i kind of like it uh, it's got a nice beat it's easy to dance to i think it's a smash i think it's a smash because that's what america wants to do to the federal government smash hulk smash unbelievable forgiveness of student loans and other indignity served upon you and oh yes and then this the leadership of the fbi forbade agents from investigating hunter biden's laptop until after the 2020 election was decided. This, according to whistleblowers, thank you, whistleblowers, for coming forward and talking to Senator Ron Johnson. That's what they did. 
Yeah, the FBI obtained the Hunter Biden laptop from the Wilmington, Delaware computer shop. These whistleblowers stated the uh, local FBI leadership told employees, you will not look at the Hunter Biden laptop and the FBI is not going to change the outcome of the election again. Like they tried to do in 2016 with the dossier. Further, these whistleblowers allege that the FBI did not begin to examine the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop until after the 2020 election, potentially a year after the FBI obtained the laptop in December 2019 and earlier this year when Matt Gates was actually interrogating uh, the uh, Cyber Crimes Division chief of the FBI. He said he couldn't even tell if they had a copy of it. They had two copies of it. They got rid of both of them. They called it disinformation. I swear to God in heaven, FBI, CIA, IRS, DHS, HHS, CDC, NIH, there need to be wholesale firings at the top. So done with this nonsense. And Joe Biden is proposing spending another half a trillion dollars, up to $980 billion to pay off student loans. $10,000 if you individually make less than $125,000 a year. Wouldn't that be nice? Or $250,000 as a couple. Here's a Nobel Prize winning economist, Milton Friedman. Uh, in case you haven't heard, uh, talking about what causes inflation. You know, like the inflation that we have right now at a 40-year high because of all the government spending? Inflation is made in Washington because only Washington can create money. And any other attribution of, to other groups of inflation is wrong. Consumers don't... But what about Vladimir Putin? ...don't produce it. Producers don't produce it. The trade unions don't produce it. No. Foreign sheiks don't produce it. No. Oil imports don't produce it. Mm-mm. What produces it is too much government spending and too much government creation of money and nothing. And they're doing more than just trying to get you to change your mind about voting or who to vote for in November. It's, it's really meant to cripple the country. That's what it's, it's meant to do. It's, make to, it's meant to cause as much widespread suffering as possible, create discord, discontent, say that the people are declaring war on the federal government, and consequently those people will become the enemy of the state. I can go on and on. It's very clear. Let's go to Michelle in Westminster. Michelle has been nice enough to hold. Michelle, I'm sorry for keeping you on hold, but I do appreciate you holding. Go right ahead. Not a, not a problem, my friend. How are you today? You know, other than just being a little ticked off, I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an angry friend. white guy, Michelle. I'm an angry white guy. It's terrible. I have a funny feeling there are a lot of angry. angry There's probably too, some so. probably some angry black guys and white women and uh, Indian guys and white and white, Indian guys. I bet there are a lot of people really ticked off about this. Well, the people I've been seeing coming through my front door here, nobody's happy about anything, and I, I believe that our country needs an enema, especially DC. <laughs> And yes, with 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 people one. like with po- politicians in D.C. like we have, who needs enemas? Okay, that's an old <laughs> joke. Go. Well, we yeah. need to give D.C. the enema, and you know it says we the people for a reason. Yeah. And I'm going to speak a little bit of hurtful truth here right okay. now. Yep. We the people allowed this to happen. Mm-hmm. We the people in the Tea Party back in 2008 nine we got up. We tried to tell everybody these kind of things were coming, and everybody shook their head at us. 
Everybody wagged their fingers at us. And now here we are with 10 times worse than what even we had predicted. Now, people like you, people like me, we stand up, we talk, we tell people, we take the chance of alienating our friends and our family because we know it's important to talk about these things. The next time we start talking to you, take your head out of the dark, remote region called your tail and pay attention. We have so much more work to do now because everybody else refused to do what needed to be done years ago. Michelle, they also they also the the left and the Democrat Party destroyed using the FBI or using the IRS. They destroyed the Tea Party movement. They uh, labeled you as extremists. They labeled yes. you as uh, uh, all the things that they're doing to Trump supporters right now. They're doing the same damned the thing. I was on the FBI's most wanted list for a while. What? I understand what it's like to be there. Oh yeah. Well, Michelle, did you did you try to take down an airliner with an exploding tennis shoe? What did you do, Michelle? I was very effective, and I still am very effective at what I do and how I speak to people. I've been, you weren't on the air whenever I got kicked out of Fairfax uh-huh. for being a Trump supporter. Wow. And I, if I walk into the uh, Fairfax County Permit Office, I will be arrested on site because they have me dubbed as a terrorist and a racist. And, and you, what did, exactly did you do to earn those labels? <laughs> Having a, a private conversation with another customer that I was set up, they were, they heard, they, it was a, a big setup. And by the time I walked into the room, they had affidavits of people saying that I had all said all these things, wow. horrible, nasty, rotten things. Nothing would ever come out of my mouth like that. Wow. And uh, it was, it, it was a mess, but that's okay. Yeah. I prevailed. I fought back. And now you you mentioned that when people come when when people come through your door, they're not happy. Wh- wh- who are you dealing with when you when you talk to people who are not happy about right what's going now, on? I'm the- dealing, believe it or not, soccer moms, and I'm dealing with uh, parents who are bringing their kids here to the center for summer camp. That's right. And I forgot you've got the big indoor uh, uh, fitness complex indoor for kids and family. I love it. Right. I love it. I love it. And and wh- what's the name of it again, Michelle? Carroll Indoor Sports Center. All right, very good. Go ahead. Now, we have kept our prices as low as we can. We're, we're, we're bumping everything up by 50 bucks for the, for the uh, winter. Yeah. And when we talk to people about that, they're like, ugh. But it, when it's spread out over 10, 15 kids, it's 5 bucks a kid. But 5 bucks a kid is yeah. tough. The parents are coming in and saying, hey, we've decided we're not going to have that last week of camp because we need to do school shopping. Can we get a refund of our uh, deposit, even though our – deposits are supposed to be non-refundable we've been giving back our deposits we understand how important a hundred dollars can be well, and Michelle, and you're also, and Michelle, real quick, I mean, you, you've got one of those jobs that <clears throat> when people, you know, for instance, uh, you know, uh, what I do for a living, uh, one of the first things that goes from a budget is the advertising budget. Uh, you, yeah. you also are on the fence, too, because you, you know, uh, unfortunately, uh, when food becomes so expensive and gas becomes so expensive, then out the window goes the gym or the club membership where you take your kids just to get them the hell out of the house. And even though it's not exorbitant, it's not expensive, it's not a country club for crying out loud, you, you know, you're on the receiving end of that so it's got to be tough it is tough and uh, even though it only costs 110 bucks for you to play eight weeks or yeah eight weeks of soccer 
Um, sometimes $110 is enough to fill your refrigerator oh, at God, least yes. for three days. It can't fill your refrigerator for a day anymore. No. I walked out of the grocery store last week with $100 worth of groceries in a smaller, much smaller brown paper bag. Oh, yeah. Than oh, yeah. what listen, I normally listen. do. Hey, you buy three pounds of hamburgers, it's going to be $18, 19 $20. That's just for well, hamburger, and, and then then you got to buy you got to buy your 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 veggies. You got to buy all that. It's easy to put a hundred dollars in a bag. It is very easy. Now, see, yeah. last year I ordered um, a quarter of a cow, yeah. and three months later I ordered another quarter of a cow. Yeah. So I'm not paying the prices that I, I did. I grow my own vegetables in my yeah. garden. I have a greenhouse that I'm getting ready to plant, yeah. and we'll have hopefully grow, uh, some greens and veggies throughout yeah. the winter. I strongly suggest you do container gardening in your yeah. house where you can yeah. and, and and grow some of the things that you can grow instead of paying through the nose at the grocery store. Yeah, and just but real quick, Michelle, to, to all of the... To all the people with the worthless degrees out there uh, who are uh, getting $10,000, uh, Michelle's saying that you need to, in your hydroponic garden, replace all the weed with uh, tomatoes because you might need it. Is that, is that what you're saying, Michelle? All right, Tomatoes Michelle. And, and peppers, yep. All right, girl. Well, you take care Love of yourself. You when I get back up to Baltimore, I'm coming out to your facility, okay? I hope so. You can do a whole show here. All right, girl. We'll talk. All right, let's go to Tim real quick in Balmer. Hello, Tim. What's going on, my friend? Hey, good, good afternoon. Uh, but uh, talking about uh, the student loan thing, I mean, yeah. I'm sure somewhere there's a foreign student here in the United States, maybe leaving, living legally, who has a student loan. So if he gets a 10000 break, wouldn't that be considered a quid pro quo from President Richard Cranial that maybe, you know, foreign influence and whatnot? I mean, just saying. There might be a statute involved there, Tim. I don't know. That that might be a suggestion. Well, just, it, it, you know, it's, it's just that, this, you know, this this guy, I mean, you got to go back to the 80s with the MBNA banks and stuff. I mean, Richard Cranial is just unbelievable. He's just yeah, off the yeah. top. Let me ask you this, Tim. How, what do, what do you, how are you feeling today after the last three weeks in America, considering the Inflation Reduction Act to hire 87,000 new IRS agents and pay off green energy cronies and make you buy a $70,000 electric car and now this? How are you feeling about the uh, Washington, D.C. today there, Tim? I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. Boom. Boom. God bless you, brother. Be strong. I appreciate your phone call. We are going to have to figuratively tear the roof off the mother sucker. That's what we are going to have to do. And that means this November, you vote in person. You uh, camp out where there are unmanned ballot boxes. You watch and see if people try to load them up with ballots. You go the next morning or maybe even stay out overnight the night of election night. See if they try to grab a bunch of ballots. Somebody who isn't associated or affiliated with, uh, with uh, the... Uh, county commission on uh, on elections you know maybe they're just loading a bunch of ballots unlocking it throwing the back of a truck and making them disappear it all happened during the last election if you just paid any attention you'd know that i've got reams and reams of evidence but you know that's called disinformation like the fbi called hunter biden's laptop yeah before the election they called it disinformation same same word used quite deliberately unbelievable all right on the way uh, anthony fauci bye-bye don't let the door hit you in the you know what on the way out, uh, some more news on the abject destruction he caused in this country to you and particularly your kids. That's on the way. It's the Rob Carson Show.
If you live in this country and aren't down with freedom of speech, maybe you should move down to Cuba. It's the Rob Carson Show. Here's a little bit of good news. Um, according to a report published by uh, NBC, Americans' college enrollment has plummeted over the last 10 years. Ten, uh, four million fewer students in college more than 10 years ago and uh, can't be blamed on the China flu. Yeah. Uh, it looks like uh, demographics alone cannot explain the scale of this drop. And statistics belie the argument that recent high school grads are getting jobs instead of going to college. Workforce participation for 16 to 24-year-olds is lower than it was before COVID hit. Okay, so over the past uh, four years, between 2016 and 2020, the percentage of high school graduates enrolling in college dropped from 70 to 63%. Maybe it's because college is so bloody expensive you can't afford it anymore. And you don't want to spend the rest of your life in debt. Maybe it's time for colleges to fix their problems. And then, of course, the rates of depression among college students jumped 135% from 2013 to 2021, increasing 110% for a variety of reasons. Worthless degrees, COVID shutdowns, being told if you're a white kid that you are a racist and uh, having people on campus say that, that uh, whites should hate blacks and blacks should resent whites. And, you know, I could go on and on and on, but let's not. Let's talk about Anthony Fauci. He's retiring. This is Jim Gossett. And now the end is near. And I'll be leaving in December. Couldn't happen soon enough. And when Fauci is gone, I hope that people won't remember. I have a video for this song. I'll tell you where. That I was such a fraud. Oh, how I lied <coughs> in such a sly way. But more, much more than this, I did it. My way. He doesn't need a booster shot. Fauci, I am. Needs a booster chair. I wrote the book to play both sides and be a crook. <laughs> I got big bucks, big bucks from the Wuhan lab. And that sucks. America, you paid the tab. I faced it all from Rand Paul and did it. By the way, uh, Jim Gossett, the man who I collaborate with on so many of these uh, wonderful song parodies, uh, his show in Atlanta on the 27th of this month is sold out. It was sold out last week, but don't worry. We are, we're working on getting on stage, and it may be next year, but uh, I think we need to take this show on the road. How about you? Jim will be there, and others will be there. Maybe my good buddy, Sean Farish, who does my Trump impersonation. We're going to do it. I think we're going to have to come up. Maybe you can help me come up with a conservative comedy tour or something like that. I don't know. But uh, I, I think it's definitely uh, going to have to happen. Hey, you know, I started calling Anthony Fauci the Keebler elf uh, years ago. I kept saying that maybe, you know, he should retire, go back to the hollow tree. And uh, Ron DeSantis kind of channeled that yesterday. And I'm just sick of seeing him. I know he says he's going to retire. Someone needs to grab that little elf and chuck him across the patrol. <laughs> 
Just chuck him across the Potomac. Remember, uh, remember they used to do dwarf tossing? Yeah, they used to do that. And then they, that was the first, uh, uh, I guess, uh, example of woke culture. You know, it, uh, the people who were small, you know, they, small people, you know, uh, it's cool. It, some people are born small, some people born tall, whatever, doesn't matter. Uh, but, uh, you know, they were like, hey, dude, I'm, I don't mind it. But it was, you know, a bunch of white women and uh, cul-de-sac American liberals. They decided that it was offensive, I guess. So, Oh, by the way, uh, Charlie Chris yesterday, he's uh, running against uh, Ron DeSantis for governor of Florida. He has a snowball's chance in hell. Uh, actually, uh, on the surface of the sun, I'd venture to say. Maybe even like about a couple thousand miles above the surface of the sun, because that's where it's really hot, like a million, uh, 11 million degrees. Anyway, he, he said of uh, Trump supporters and those who would support uh, Ron DeSantis, he doesn't need your votes. He doesn't want your votes because you're all racist. Those who support the governor should stay with him and vote for him, and I don't want your vote. If you have that hate in your heart, keep it there. I want the vote of the people of Florida who care about our... He just called you a hater. State. Good Democrats, good independents, good Republicans. Unify with this ticket. Unify with Val Demings and Charlie Crist. Unify with us. Those who are haters, you're going to go off in your own world. Yeah. See, we already unified. Uh... 75% of us who say the country's going the wrong direction, we're already unified, and there's a whole bleep load more of us than there are of you, Chucky. I think Chucky's going to have to retire after November. He's like 150 years old, not looking very good. Fauci's uh, lockdown legacy increases in cancer and drug overdose deaths, mental health crisis, financial devastation, disruptions to education that left millions of kids behind. I know because I see it every day. My kids were a sophomore in uh, college and a freshman in high school when this all hit, and both of them had their school canceled, and both of them had to live at home. One of them with no ability to receive an education because they had no plan B. And uh, I don't know about you, but uh, my kids have suffered a great deal. We'll have a little bit more on this uh, a little bit later on the show. Bill Jacobson is a clinical professor of law at Cornell. He knows everything there is to know about the FBI and the uh, Stalinesque search of Mar-a-Lago. He's going to talk about it with me coming up next. The number 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. It is a Wednesday edition of the Rob Carson Show. We have a special guest on the show, Bill Jacobson with Legal Insurrection. He is a clinical professor of law, director of the Securities Law Clinic at Cornell University. He joins us. Uh, good morning, sir. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. Thanks for having me on. I want to ask you, uh, first and foremost, before we get into the FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago, how do you feel about this uh, uh, Biden debt cancellation of $10,000 worth of student loan debt for people making, un- individuals making less than 125000 and couples making under 250000 I mean, it's so wrong at so many levels. I mean, it's unfair to people who didn't go to college, uh, people who went to college and didn't take on debt. People who went to college took on debt and paid it off. I mean, it reinforces the absolute worst instincts of society, which is to reward people who they haven't necessarily done anything wrong, but who didn't pay their debts. OK, that yeah. we shouldn't be rewarding that over people who did. Um, and so that's number one. Number two, it just reinforces the bloat in the university and higher ed system, yeah. which is fueled 
by federal dollars. If you look at the historical charts, they match up almost directly. The increase of federal um, loan guarantees and federally backed loans with the increase in tuition. And we just saw that most dramatically with regard to the electric cars, where the oh. recent bill by the Democrats gave a $7,500 credit to buy a, an electric vehicle. And what the motor vehicle companies did do, they raised their prices yes. by the same <laughs> amount. And it's the same. It may not be as direct a correlation yeah. with universities, but it's a similar phenomenon. Students that could never pay these ridiculous tuition bills if it weren't for the fact that they're getting federally subsidized. So it's just everything about what Biden did is wrong at so many levels. Well, you're in the middle of it. You're in the thick of it. You're at Cornell University. I just uh, read off a, a story this morning where uh, 10 of the uh, biggest universities in America, uh, some of the most expensive universities in America, have 209 billion dollars worth of endowments that they're setting on that they live on how do you uh, when you when you're since you're so close to it without biting the hand to feed you uh where is all this money going uh who is benefiting from this i mean uh and why aren't they doing something to lower well obviously it's very obvious why they're not raise, lowering the cost of, of uh, tuition but but where is this going why is this so out of control well I, again i think it's fed by federal dollars yeah. and particularly at the upper tier of higher ed um, the ones where the credential means something. You may not get a better education, but you have the credential. Yeah. So if you have an Ivy League credential, it may help you get your foot in the door at different jobs, things like that. And so there's really a demand that exceeds supply for those universities. So they, they charge that much because they can. Yeah. It's like any other business. And uh, additionally, there's just a lot of excess on virtually every campus in terms of building and things like that. Now, the endowments themselves are not necessarily money in the bank in the sense of, you know, we could write a check. A lot of the endowments are restricted to certain purposes and gotcha. certain programs and things like that. Nonetheless, these Ivy League schools and elite schools are very cash rich. I mean, you know, Harvard... Uh, could and I think has waived tuition for virtually everybody. Uh, they don't need this. And so, but there's something wrong when these universities are becoming some of the wealthiest corporations in the country. Yeah. There's and something wrong. And, yeah. and they got that way because they're basically being uh, funded by the taxpayers, even if the taxpayers aren't directly cutting them a check. So no. the only reason Harvard can have that bloat in, in its endowment is because of money that's come multiple ways from the federal government, so, one, two loans, and two tax exemptions. Yes. And also, I might mention it, and this may come as a surprise to you, if I were to tell you where 97% of uh, university faculty and staff uh, donations, which, pinnacle, uh, which political party they go to, which, which party would you say? Well, I know at Cornell University, a study by the Cornell Sun student <laughs> yeah. newspaper yeah. found that over 99% oh. went Democrats. Yeah, there so you 97% go. is kind of, I wish I was at a place that it was only 97%. 99% went to uh, Democrats. Oh. Um, the, uh, there is such an imbalance at the faculty level that uh, if you went back 20, 30 years ago, faculty was about 60, 40 liberal to conservative. So leaned left, but not crazy. Wow. Um, now it's about 38 to one. 
Yeah. Let's move on to the uh, raid at Mar-a-Lago, an unprecedented event. Uh, I, I commented from the very beginning, it's just an affront to decorum. It's, a, it's an affront to history. It's weaponizing the FBI, among other things. Um, uh, your reaction to the, uh, to the raid, and, and then we'll move on to where we are today with uh, Donald Trump uh, looking for a, what was it, a uh, uh, legal master uh, with regard to um, getting back the evidence that the FBI took. Uh, where where are you with regard to the uh, the raid on Mar-a-Lago today and, and what you've learned about it? Well, we haven't learned a lot. That's what's amazing. Yeah, yeah. We, we know it took place. We know they grabbed several dozen boxes of stuff. We don't know what's in the stuff. Um, and uh, we don't know why it was needed. Um, and unfortunately, this is, you know, Russia collusion 2.0. You have the government leaking to familiar press, the Washington Post, New York Times, and some others, these um, salacious, horrendous stories. Uh, But they won't say it in court. And so you have a government which doesn't want you to know anything about what they actually knew that led to the raid at the same time that they're leaking like crazy all these stories. And so was it justified? Was it not? Well, you know, if he had, as somebody reported based on a leak, um, if he had, you know, a uh, printout of a list of all of our spies around the world, I mean, that's something you want to get back. Sure. Okay. Sure. You know, if he had, you know, sensitive nuclear secrets, um, that's something you want to get back, whether you needed a search warrant or otherwise. So, yes, I, I mean, but is any of that true? Do we have any evidence that that's true? And that's completely inconsistent with them knowing about this for weeks, possibly months. So why is it that on, I forget the exact date, was it August 5th, August 8th, whatever uh-huh. the date, why was it on that date they needed this stuff back so badly that they'd been waiting for for a year? And yeah. that's what we don't have an explanation for. So was it justified? Uh, there's nothing that they've released that tells us it's justified, and I don't believe a word about this written in the New York Times or the Washington Post or elsewhere, because that's just government manipulation. They're just scriveners for the the government there. Yeah, and, and they've also, the President of the United States has said that he uh, he knew nothing about it. I mean, honestly, the first day it happened, literally that afternoon on the Monday that it happened, uh, that the, uh, that, uh, and I said that the FBI or the, the, the White House would say they had nothing to do, it was laughable, was absolutely laughable. We know that the President of the United States worked with the, uh, the head of the archives, uh, who, by the way, is an interim director. Um, well, and, well and, let's, be, let's be careful there. Okay, the, go ahead. The White House has said they knew nothing about the raid. Okay. Okay. So it is believable that nobody called them and said, tomorrow we're going to Mar-a-Lago. Okay. (laughs) So it's probably true that they knew nothing about, quote unquote, the raid. Gotcha. But But they, but maybe back. Yeah. They clearly knew what was going to come down. Okay. Because they essentially, the president of the United States waived the executive privilege of Donald Trump. That's what I have heard uh, with regard to what happened. Uh, so they knew, they, they teed it up, 
they teed it up so it would happen. And and I agree with you that they maybe they didn't know what was going to happen last uh, you know three weeks ago Monday, but certainly uh, certainly they did. Um, do you suppose that uh, Donald Trump? Uh, wh- where does he go from here? And what do you suppose will happen with the uh, the FBI with regard to? Do you think there's anything criminal that could have ca- happened here on the part of the Biden administration and our uh, FBI? Well, probably not criminal unless they lied to the judge to get the warrant. Boom. And we okay. don't know what they gave the judge. That's sealed as of now. Yeah. So I don't I don't think that, uh, you know, they unless they lied to the judge, I don't think there's anything criminal that the government did, uh, whether it's proper, whether they actually are entitled to keep this stuff. And so Trump has filed a motion for appointment of a special master. And there is precedent for that sort of thing. Okay. The, particularly in situations nowadays where the government is seizing cell phones and things like that, which open your whole life up to the government. So you get a special master to decide who's a court appointed person to decide what the government gets to see and what it doesn't get to see. And we do know that they grab dozens of boxes that have no indication on their inventory have anything classified in them. Wow. Uh, they were the warrant was grossly overbroad. Yes. It allowed them basically to search almost every place in Mar-a-Lago other than guest rooms occupied by guests um, at the time. So, they, you know, you aren't going to barge into somebody's bedroom, but uh, a guest bedroom. But but and to seize not only documents, but boxes around the documents. Uh, And so this was grossly overbroad. Um, You know, the real question is, you know, where does it go? And I think that's we're going to have to see how it plays out. I would assume that uh, Donald Trump and his attorneys have a pretty strong abuse of the Fourth Amendment case here. Well, we don't know, because, again, we don't know right. what supported the the affidavit. Uh, it certainly seems like it's an abuse in the scope of the warrant that it feeds theories that various people have put forward that this really wasn't about these classified documents, that this was an excuse to get the government's to essentially allow the government to rummage through Donald Trump's office and residence and grab everything they could. Um, you've been uh, doing this for a while. I, uh, I myself am in my mid fifties. I've been, uh, I started writing for Rush Limbaugh in 1989. So I've been following politics for 33 years of my life since I was in my early twenties. Um, have you ever seen anything like this? I mean, uh, have you seen anything that uh, to me personally, and I've been paying attention, it kind of makes Watergate, uh, pale by comparison. When you look at the last even decade of uh, the FBI, you had the, uh, obtaining the FISA warrants for the, uh, to surveil the Trump campaign transition team and a presidency paid for by Hillary Clinton. Her campaign actually paid an FEC fine for it. Have you ever seen anything like this before, sir? Well, let's compare it to something a little bit more recent, which is the impeachment of Donald Trump for a conversation in which he merely asked the prime minister or president of Ukraine at the time, would you please look into these allegations of Hunter Biden corruption? Okay, of Biden corruption, that mere request that they look into it led to his impeachment. Compare that to the Biden administration's Justice Department um, targeting a light, almost certain candidate for the presidency. I, I think likely you can put percentages on it, but significantly likely nominee. Um, and so they're going after the Democrats' likely opponent 
2024 on a scale we've never seen. Uh, and compare that to how they reacted when Trump merely requested that they look into something, that the government of Ukraine look into something. Uh, it's so disproportionate yeah. that, you know, unless the government has something really hot, really good, really like we needed to get in there or the keys to the kingdom were going to be given up. I mean, unless there's something there that has not been disclosed yet. Um, then this is so abusive. Unbelievable. Uh, listen, Professor, I greatly appreciate your time today. It's been nice to get to know you this morning, and I'd love to have you back on. One more thing, about 30 seconds. Uh, I, I, my, I've lost friends because of my uh, conservatism. I, all of my friends were liberals in, in Maryland. What is it like, uh, you know, defending Donald Trump or, uh, you know, going up against the FBI and whatnot as a professor at Cornell? Well, you know, I don't view myself as defending Donald Trump. Okay, I view myself as defending the truth of what happened here. Very good. Okay. Um, and, you know, yes, I, I vote Republican. I mean, there's no I don't hide that. But my point is, this is not what happened in this raid is not about defending Donald Trump. Yes, it's defending the integrity of our political system and not allowing a political party, in this case, the Democrats, to weaponize the entirety of the federal law enforcement bureaucracy and intelligence bureaucracy against an opposing political candidate. That's what this is about. Yes, it just so happens that Donald Trump was the target. You uh, you sound exactly, uh, you have the same sentiment as Alan Dershowitz. He is a liberal. I've had him on the show many times. I've got to know him. And you're right. You're right. If, if you are willing to uh, say, to look the other way with regard to this abuse, it's not about politics. It's about an abuse. And uh, and, and that would be sad if you would you would sell your soul down that river to, to look the other way while this happens. Uh, Professor, I Greatly appreciate your time. Legalinsurrection.com is your uh, website. Yes, it is. Very good. Thanks for your time today, and I hope to talk to you again soon. Great. Take care. All right, let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. If you're down with trigger warnings, you might want to listen to something else. It's the Rob Carson Show. I don't know if you do this. Uh, President Doofy yesterday, uh, when he was denying that uh, spending another 500 to $980 billion to forgive student debt uh, would not add to inflation, he was saying this about the raid on Mar-a-Lago. President, how much advance notice did you have of the FBI's plan to search Mar-a-Lago? I didn't have any advance notice. None. Zero. Not one single bit. You know, Bill Jacobson, uh, yesterday, uh, earlier, I mean, yesterday, it was a couple minutes ago, uh, the uh, professor of law at Cornell and the guy who created legal insurrection, which we're going to have him on, he said Biden may not have had advanced notice of the raid. Did you notice how carefully he chose his words there? Listen to, listen to the old man here. He's actually maybe, well, at least his handlers are choosing his words very carefully. President, how much advance notice did you have of the FBI's plan to search Mar-a-Lago? I didn't have any advance notice. None. Zero. Not one single bit. But last May, he worked with the head of the National Archives and effectively waived Donald Trump's executive privilege with regard to uh, archival material, which the president of the United States, Donald Trump, could have waved his hand above and said, Shazam, and they would have been uh, no longer uh, classified. So he knew what would take a raid by the FBI unprecedented in our history. And he did that. 
back then, you see. Let's go to Michelle in Northwest Balmer. Hello there, Michelle, and welcome to the Rob Carson Show. Thank you, Rob. Uh, yep. I told the screener that I want to talk about start with uh, Ricard Monty. I don't know if you ever saw this when you were in New York recently, but I remember seeing it in front of the 42nd Street Library. They have this uh, sharp guy standing in front with his, I don't know, soapbox or something, and he's got, let's say, three things or three shells, and under it you have to figure out which one's got the pig. So he moves real fast, and people get gamble and try to guess. But what they don't realize is whether they guess the right one or not, there's probably somebody in the crowd who's picking their pockets. Well, that's the analogy here. Yes. Uh, yeah, well, you're looking at uh, $10,000 off uh, if you have a nonsensical degree. Uh, you don't realize that the bigger picture, and there's always a bigger picture, read the Democrats, is perhaps the um, amount of money that's saddled into these universities, lots of which is plugged in from the, from, uh, the government. Yeah. And that has resulted in the prices of college education becoming sky high. And the same thing with technocrats who put lots of money into the colleges as well. I mentioned, for example, uh, Fauci, who I have referred to in the past as Dr. Faustus, uh, Dr. Fauci, who uh, is going to be taking a job, I think, at Harvard. Of course. And so is Bill de Blasio, by the way. So is Bill de Blasio. Hey, and Michelle, you know, I got to run. Go ahead, real quick. Un- there's an unhealthy relationship between the big money going into the universities, the stupid degrees that people are, uh, I don't know what the right word is, deceived yeah. into, into getting, which are kind of worthless, and then they, the, the money that they're getting taken off of that as a discount, and it's not worth much anyway. Pass. All right, Michelle, i got to run. Thanks. Uh, shell game is a perfect analogy, by the way. I appreciate it. Now, here's what happens, guys. 97, or in the case of uh, Cornell, 99% of political donations go to Democrats from faculty and staff at universities, major universities. The same goes with public schools and teachers' unions. The same goes with uh, automobile unions. That's why Joe Biden uh, signed in to buy an executive order, a, uh, an order to make all vehicles in the federal fleet, uh, upon the day that he entered office, all of them electric, including all major trucks. Uh, it is all about payback. It is all about money laundering. We have to drain the swamp, pave it over, and start over again. And it starts on November the 8th, but we've got to fight before then. And uh, you are listening to The Rob Carson Show.